I'm Lindsay with Wild Root Flower Company. And I'm Shannon from Bloom Hill Farm. Over the last six years, we've leaned on each other as we grew our farms into the profitable six-figure farms they are today. We want you to join us each week as we have real, honest conversations about life and business. And we promise you'll leave feeling inspired and your farming toolbox will be filled with actionable strategies you can implement at any stage in your business. Learn from our mistakes as we talk business, marketing, and growing techniques to help you create the farm of your dreams. So let's roll up our sleeves and get the dirt on flowers. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Dirt on Flowers. It's Lindsay. And today we are tackling part two of our employee episode. Yeah, we are we decided after, you know, kind of talking about all of the the nitty-gritty of like deciding do you mm-hmm. need an employee, we thought it'd be like really helpful because there's so much to being a boss. Uh, and having employees on your farm that we would kind of go into a little bit more about the interview process and once they arrive and the forms and the taxes and all those kind of mm-hmm. things. So that's what we're going to we're going to dive into today. There's so much to talk about. So oh. much. And like, honestly, oh my God. I know. <laughs> being a, and managing employees, like as you get more employees, that's like your job will be managing them. Like you'll still get to do all the things that you love, but it won't be like <laughs> – full time, you know, you'll have be trying to be one step ahead of them always. Um, so it really is. I mean, we, I, we could like probably talk for hours about what it means to have an employee, all of it that goes into it on a day-to-day basis. Cause there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot to consider. So I know part two, part two, and it, we got some good questions too. So I think we'll answer a lot of those things, um, in this part two as well. Yeah. It's, I think having employees, everything about owning a business is I think gives me a lot of self-reflection, but having employees is one of those things. I'm like, man, I'm constantly learning about myself and where I need to, uh, need to improve. And even if you have amazing, angelic, perfect employees, you still have to manage. It doesn't, it isn't just like we say like, oh, there's so much to having employees. There's like, you still, like you're saying, Shannon, you just have to be one step ahead of them Mm -hmm. always. And that's hard yeah. sometimes when we have our own full plates and every all the other things that we're trying to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that can be it can be a lot. So. Making sure that the environment is like ready for them to go at all times. I mean, it's so funny because like when Jed and I first started having employees, it we just operated him and I. So it's like everything was kind of like up in our heads, or we sometimes as a husband and wife do, we have a particular way of communicating <laughs> with each other at times because mm-hmm. we're very comfortable in our yeah. in the way that we talk to each other. Not that it was like mean or anything, but maybe, you know, in moments of tension, <laughs> now we have an employee mm-hmm. like watching that, like, you know, front, front and center into um, Judd and Shannon's daily back and forth about the farm and not that it was always bad. It wasn't most of the time it was good, but there's like, they get to see us like hash it out. And it's more like, we're more like thinking out loud, you know, and we're, Judd and I are both kind of external processors. So we're like talking, 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 talking. No, no, you're not listening. I'm not listening. <laughs> you know, all of it. So it's like, um, you know, for us, it was like, okay, there's people at our house now, you know? So it was like a really big jump. And like, we have learned a lot about boundaries of him and I communicating in front of employees and what that looks like and boundaries with the house and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff too. So yeah, it's a learning experience and you, yeah. it's like, well, you know, they say it about kids too. It's like your kids are like mirrors. 
you know, it's like they mm-hmm. always, always mm-hmm. reflecting mm-hmm. back to you what you give to them. So I do feel like in a lot of ways, employees are like what you put into them as well. So it's like the more clearly you communicate, mm-hmm. the better they're going to do the job, all those kinds of things. So the better environment, the faster they're going to go because they're going to have all the tools they need. So um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's quite the process. It is. And I think sometimes it really is. when the way you and I operated with having a full-time job off the farm, I think it made us mm-hmm. better. Me from the standpoint of yes. we had to kind of get systems in place for communication and we always we had to be one step ahead of them. Um, so I think it kind of prepared us to be on the farm full time and kind of get that habit going because we weren't here. You know, we kind of had to have those systems that yeah. work. Um, and I think this time of year to me is the most challenging because there aren't really big tasks that need to be done. So you know, they're like looking to me, um, like Elizabeth will text and say, next. I'm like, ah, I don't know. Hang on. You know, and so I'm like going through my brain. So I feel like this time of year, yes. I do that more than I do anything else. Um, because some, uh, honestly, some days for the full-time employees, there's a little bit of busy work that goes into it. Um, you know, that was like sure. stuff that we really need to, um, that I guess is lower on the to-do list that still, you know, still needs to get mm-hmm. tackled, but isn't necessarily like top priority. And then we're dealing with like this week, I had a whole list of some things, but it's been rainy and gloomy and gross. And so we're yes. shifting kind of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I it, it I think uh, ha- being one step ahead of them is for me sometimes the hardest, hardest part mm-hmm. of the whole process. Yeah. Or like even thinking, thinking like a few steps, like, okay, like we need like this week, I'm like, okay, we need to pot up the ranunculus succession because we do, we pot ours up into into 50 trays. Um, but it's like, okay, do I have the soil, enough soil that I need? Okay. Do I have the trays ready? Do I have trays? <laughs> Cause we haven't seen started or done anything with trays in so long. I'm like, what the heck do we even have? Do we have like tags, you know, like the little white tags, to, like mm-hmm. mark the tray, you know? So it's like, I'm, I had to think about what I was doing this week, like two weeks ago to make sure that I had all the pieces and parts ready to go so that they aren't standing around mm-hmm. um, wondering what to do next. So yeah. um, it really does take a lot of forethought. And when we first started having employees, there were a lot of late nights preparing for the next day mm-hmm. so that they knew clearly where everything was. Um, so it, it, it's a learning curve. It really is. And you, you'll get better at it as you go. But um, it is. It, it takes a lot. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a few times I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. How am I going to get this ready for them? <laughs> you know? And the other was in the season, I would do my walkthrough on Sundays. And and then I sort of became resentful of that process where it was like, okay, I don't mm-hmm. want su- – Sunday is like the day for me, especially in the season. So I was trying to, yes. you know, figure that piece out. And I operate from a – if I don't have two hours of quiet – of nothing to myself before I start my day, you don't want to be around me for the next 10. Uh Um, So keeping that like sacred time to myself that I like legit, I get up really early to, to have that for myself, especially in the season. But, um, so I'm like, okay, that's a non-negotiable for me. I don't want to work on Sundays and then figuring out how to come up with that whole list for the week, you know, of stuff. It's like, um, but you're right. It does. It just takes time to, to sort through those and figure it out, but you will get there. All right. So you decide, you decide you want an employee. 
I just saw something last night on Instagram. I'm trying to think what this girl said. Um, she was describing her how much she made on like a quarter of an acre, and like the first four years, she made no more than sixty thousand or something. And then that like following year, mm-hmm. she was six figures, and she said she um, contributes that to hiring an employee. I just thought it was really interesting that like mm-hmm. you know she was able to make that correlation. Um, so say mm-hmm. you're there, you are ready to hire. Um, so it's like, okay, how do you start? You know, where do you, where do you start? Um, making a job post, Shannon, you just made a job post I saw on, on the gram. I did. Yes. Yes. And yeah, even, I mean, we do try to like be as honest and open in the job post, like, Hey, like it's, this is what it is. It's not always just like picking, you know, picking pretty flowers. It's a lot of dirt work. I like to say it's like 90% dirt, you know, 10% flowers. Mm -hmm. That's what it feels like some days, especially in the spring. But I think people have, um, this job is so hard to describe to somebody who has never done anything farming related. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that was, has always, it's still, it's still my biggest struggle. I mean, we still hire employees and then they're like, what, what, wait, what? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, listen, when you look down there, like it's all going to be in bloom and we're going to be responsible for managing it. It's like hard to envision it in April. Um, and it's, you try to set them up. You tell them that it's going to be physical. Like there's days you're going to be tired. You're going to be in the sun all day and you're going to be exhausted. And then we're going to ask you to sometimes lift heavy things or but we do try to give breaks, but it's like they still, until you're in it or until you're like leaned over all day transplanting and you're like coming in the next day sore, like you don't, I can't explain it to you. Like that's something you're going to have to learn on your own. But we do try to make sure that they're aware of the the physicality of the job. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think when you put it out there, it really is important to kind of like list the tasks that they're going to be doing um, and try to not portray it as like, hey, you know, who wants to work in a flower field? You know, because mm-hmm. it's not – I don't really like that. I know. I saw your job posting and I was like, well, it's not that far of a drive. Well, I could – I wanted to join your <laughs> team. <laughs> You know, anytime I take you, oh my your gosh. cute little butt. I have I have <laughs> fantasized. Sometimes I'm like, what if I just like pack it all up and just go work for somebody? <laughs> I'm too much of a I don't know what the word is, but I don't think that that would work. But I would love it. I really would love it. Just not have to mm-hmm. sometimes take the the well, owner hat off. Sure. Yes. I fantasize about that sometimes. <laughs> but this is why we have employees because it lightens that load. It makes things way more manageable. It makes us able to do this job. So, all right, you get a candidate and then the interview process. So I don't know what your interview process looks like, Chan, but, um, so I kind of shared, I have an HR background and, um, Mm -hmm. one of the sayings with hiring is slow to hire, quick to fire. And it costs a ton of money to train a new employee. So making sure that they're a good fit first. And the, the, so that's kind of the slow to hire, getting Mm -hmm. to know them, like you're explaining, you know, with the job description, getting them to know you, uh, having mm-hmm. good, like solid um, company values and and ways mm-hmm. that you operate that makes it very clear for them to understand. And then the quick to fire part is, you know, if they aren't working out, we, you know, we try, some of them don't even make it three days. Well, I had one this year that didn't even make it three days. Um, <laughs> if you're late three days in a row and then the fourth day you show up miserably oh, hungover, God. 
<laughs> oh, it was – she did stick it out to like 2 o'clock, but she was miserable. But oh, I mean, to me, I'm like, no. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, You know, if you – that's fine. You want to go out and you can give me a 100% the next day and you want to feel miserable, that's on you. Um, yes. But the whole – you know, so very quickly cut her. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, funny story. She actually, so she showed up. I was like eating lunch one day, like two oh weeks God. later. And she showed up to deliver a soil knife. Like she had taken a soil knife on accident. And so like she shows back up and she like come around the front of the house and she like standing there with a soil knife. I'm like, is she going to shank me? Like, am I... <laughs> She's really oh tiny God. and cute, but I'm like, I don't know. And she was, you know, she was very sweet, but I was just like, I've never had the, you cut them and then they show back up thing. I was like, oh God. Like this. Anyway, it's all good. It was all, she was just returning oh something. Gosh. She's like, I don't know how I had this, but anyway, Aww. so the, the quick to, the, I know the quick to fire part yes. is just, it's an important piece of that. So getting to know yes. them and then you know, really kind of, and we're going to talk about handbook and some other things here, but like mm-hmm. it just kind of goes back to that and setting some um, expectation. It also sets a precedence with your other employees, right? Mm-hmm. Like you guys aren't going to tolerate X, Y, Z. And it just kind of gives some more structure to, for, for the employees. So mm-hmm. um, I like to create a list of questions too. And mm-hmm. I take notes during the interview. So I just ask them like, kind of um, obviously like work-related questions, but also, um, you know, previous experience and some indicators for me are like if they're trash talking a previous employer, um, if they, I like to ask, you know, what prompted you for that change in career, whatever the thing is, I like to really pay attention to what those answers are because I think you can get a lot from that. I don't know. How about, do you, how do you do it? With the yeah. interviews, like what's your process? We um, anybody who interviews, as long as they're not like clearly not a fit, we interview them because it's so hard to know. And I really, I really, truly, I believe that a lot of what we do is things that like are not on paper. So to me, Judd and I always say it's attitude and effort. That's all. That's all we care mm-hmm. about. Attitude and effort. That's all we ask on a daily basis. Is that you come with a good attitude and you put in the work and have a good effort. We ask a lot of questions, you know, regarding like, have you worked on a team? I I generally love people who have worked in the restaurant who have been waiters or waitresses because like mm-hmm. you like learn so much about people, teamwork, multitasking someone trusted you to handle money, you were customer facing. Um, So I really like those kind of people really stick out to me because I feel like they're like multifaceted in their skills, um, which I love. So Mm -hmm. we do ask about like, I mean, I, yeah, trash talking previous employers is definitely a huge, that's a no. Some people are miserable Mm -hmm. at every job they go to. (laughs) Yeah, It's never good enough for them, (laughs) you know, so um, Mm -hmm. I think feel like when somebody comes and there's a complaining type attitude, um, generally I don't like whiny, whiny wine butts, you know. So um, mm-hmm. we try to ask them just like what intrigued them about the job because, again, we try to – that to me, I love I love asking that question. It's so like what about the job intri- intrigued you enough to apply? Because if it's like, oh, I just think flowers are so pretty, you know, I mean, 
that's good, but not the right answer. Um, I love like answers like, well, you know, I really enjoy being outside. I love being outdoors and I'm looking for a job where I can do that, where I can like, you know, work hard and have some, you know, some kind of like satisfaction. Um, so like those are the kinds of things that we're looking for. And for me, it's a, it's a lot about attitude and no, no long, long nails. No, very. I know. We're very, ju- we are very judgy about that. I know I'm sure there's some flower farmers out there that are in long nails, but I, I can't, I can't do it. Um, I, one of the questions I love to ask is kind of a two part, but it's, um, so tell me something about a previous employer that it's they, a positive thing that a previous employer would say about you. Like, what's mm-hmm. a strength? And then um, I flip it and say, like, what's an area of improvement that, you know, a previous employer would say about you? And that to me is very telling mm-hmm. where they're able to get, like get it reframes that like, tell me something positive about you. Tell me something negative about you. You know, that that whole thing. And sometimes, you know, when they say eh, nothing. You know, (laughs) nothing is bad. Um, I'm like, well, (laughs) let me give you some feedback on that. Um, But the it just gives some insight or uh, what what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, self reflection. Mm -hmm. You know that they're able to to look at their their whole unit as an employee. You know, sort of from a positive negative side, so mm-hmm. or area yeah. of improvement, I guess you could say. But um, and it's it's all it's all about the vibe, right? You kind of get a vibe 100%. from them, and oh trust your gut. I trust. I do yes. trust my gut. And when I yeah. rushed it, I knew it, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you, you like really do need to to feel like they're kind of like a like a firecracker in a good way. You know, like they're like they're excitable. They're not just like you know they're half dead. <laughs> We've had some like mm-hmm. people just like, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. I mean, just like mm-hmm. bare minimum answers. What we typically do is we'll interview everybody and go through the interview questions and all that. And then we'll kind of narrow it down to like three or four. And then we have them back out to the farm and do like a walking interview, which is where we just kind of like walk to the greenhouses. We're outside. It's like, a, how did you dress? Did you dress appropriately? And for walking around and some, some people will be like, oh, are we going to work? You know? And I'll be like, well, we're just walking around. So that's good. I mean, I want people who would not shy away from that. Mm-hmm. So usually we can get an idea about like, are they like dying in the wind and, you know, like, oh, it's so cold, you know, the wind's whipping us and stuff like that. So, or they ask questions like they're actually, they're interested you know, when you're walking them around, yes. it's not like, okay, yes. um, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. No, it's like, oh, wow, that's cool. Why'd you do that? You know, like just being inquisitive is good. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how I, we do. I know you do kind of like a volunteer type working interview. So the working interview side, how I kind of get around that is I, it's more like a job shadowing and I have them fill out a, um, volunteer form. So it, because we don't, we don't pay them and it really is a, we don't, it's not a mandatory thing. It's optional. If they want to come and do the job shadowing and they want to kind of get their hands dirty, I still have them fill out like a volunteer form. Uh, there's probably somebody listening to this is saying like, that's not legal. Um, but that's, that's kind of how I work around it. So it's like, they don't, they don't have to do it. It's their choice. They can volunteer to do it. Um, but I know I mentioned it last week and I had a couple of people message me and they thought it was funny that I was talking about if they can keep up with me walking, but it's true. Yeah. Somebody said I should be, well, actually Rhonda, my friend, fly girl flower said that I should be, um, 
a drill sergeant. I she said I missed my calling. I should have been a drill sergeant. And and I'm just a good director. I'm good at directing people. And I really do think that like it their pace and kind of what you were just saying to Shan about like their inflection in their voice. If they feel if it they're acting like they don't care to be here. It's kind of the same with their walk yeah. and how they they're energized about the job. So drill no. sergeant, whatever, I'll take it. I don't think it's a bad. I don't think it's a bad thing. But yeah, that's kind of how I get get around it. But I do the same process. We do a job posting, same exact thing as you. Try to be clear about the job, and then sort them out, talk mm-hmm. to them, and then we do the like the decision is really made after the job shadowing. Uh, and a lot of times they don't come back. Like I, they ghost, and I think yeah. I would rather have that go through that whole process and then yes. them not show up. Um, or not, you know, follow back up because we try to be realistic about the job. Because, like you said, it's mm-hmm. uh, it can be very uh, Instagram and social media can be very. Um, I don't yeah. <laughs> lose the word, my words it today, makes but it very hard. Yeah, it makes it very hard because you it's like an illusion, I guess. So, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. so okay, you make your hire. What's next on your mm-hmm. list? What's your next on your process? You decide on one or three. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, okay. And a lot of sometimes I know we do try to like play into people's strengths. So sometimes like if I have a really great like customer facing person, I'm like, okay. Like when I do talk to them about the job, I'm just like, hey, you know, it might include some markets. Like I want to, I want them to know that. It would expect them to be at markets just just so that I'm super clear because I really do – like some people like just want to work alone and that mm-hmm. that's like a great harvest field person and I'm okay with that. You know, I feel like I really do try to work. It's like when you put people out of their comfort zones, it's like – it's where it gets like a little sticky. So uh, obviously I don't like over overreach on that, you know, like – like trying to like overextend, but there there's certain jobs that have to be done and we all have to do them. Um, but I do try to play to some people's um, strengths. So I determine what it is that they're going to do. And then I get them a start date ready to go. And from there, really, they're just like, they're showing up. I know we, you, you can do this. We, we do give like a stipend. This has kind of bit me in the butt though, a few times. I don't know. We, For we give a stipend like yeah, for no, for a hundred, a hundred and fifty bucks to like get like work clothes. Oh, huh. I would like do that. Work well, you're, I'm giving like you my that. two cents. You're not asking for uh-huh. it, but I'm going to tell you. I would do that, but after like their ninety days, like so. Yeah. Give them some structure. We don't. I don't do that stipend. That's very nice of you. But we do. Yeah, we do like, an allowance for employee clothing. Stuff. Yeah, they don't. Oh, okay. I feel like I feel like that's kind of on them to like figure it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess it depends. And because we end up like a lot of times that's the things I like to gift, you know, I'll get them like car hearts yes. or I'll get them muck boots or things like that, you know, as an employee yes. gift. Yeah. Um, so I guess yeah. I do it, but just in a different, a different way. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, so when you're interviewing people, cause I interview them for a specific position, like I already have a position mm-hmm. in mind that I'm hiring for, like, you know, so that kind of yeah. drives my process with the job descriptions and all that. Do you interview people yes. and then find a fit? Like, are they interviewing for a specific position with you? They are, but at the at the at the point at this point, we are still like um, field crew or barn crew, and I feel like there's like a lot of 
overlap in those kinds of things. So yeah. like where some people might be like on that you're on an everyday harvest crew, but maybe you're super detail oriented. So you're staying back and making processing, making sure everything's written in the harvest list. So there's like, it's like some nuances to who, who does what. So I try to just like divide tasks. Cause I really do like to say like, okay, you're in charge of recording on the harvest list. Or when we go to transplant, that is your job. Because if I don't assign it to to someone specifically, it like literally doesn't get done. So I think yeah. we all have the same job, but we each have like our own specialties within it. So like if you're like the go-to market person or or maybe you're the go-to like, I don't know, some people like love harvesting like one particular flower mm-hmm. and they do it quick. Like we sometimes we have like a sunflower crew. So like the same group of people go down every morning and do the sunflower. So we're just, I, I do try to like, I, I do try to like maybe assign certain tasks based on or um, ownership of certain tasks based on their personalities. Okay. So I, and I guess where yeah. I'm different is that like I hire someone specifically for you pick is kind of what was on my mind. And that's, okay. it's oh, a very yes. different, you know, that's a, it takes a very different person that can do mm-hmm. that, you know, versus, um, yeah. you know, having to, to be a part of the planting crew. And they're definitely, there's somebody yes. that like, if you're employed with us and we're down a person, I'll be messaging them saying like, Hey, can you? You know, but yes. um, it's a different skill set altogether than yeah, you know, than running that. So than doing your the, the field part. So okay, I was just curious how yeah. you did that. Yeah, and I, I think something something to think about too. Um, over time, as we've had employees, when we when you first start out, you kind of like you have one person or maybe two people, and they kind of do need to be jack of all trades. They like need to do everything um, because that's the job, and there's only a couple of you. But as you grow, and I'm finding myself in this position now, more hiring for more specific positions. So like in the barn crew, like I want you to be good and fast at bouquet making. I want you to have an eye for color. I want you to be able to bunch bunch things quickly. I mean, there's maybe be interested in wedding work as opposed to like a field crew or like we're hiring this year like a farmhand. And that would be like Judd's right-hand person so that maybe they would operate a tractor or like have some mechanical knowledge or, um, you know, they could run the cultivators and that kind of stuff. So I feel like as as you grow, I think you, it's easier to, to hire for like those specific little positions. But when you're just starting out, like that person does kind of either need to do a bunch of things or you need to de- determine specifically like what exactly those tasks are going to be that they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think that's, it's important to have those people that, uh, what do you call it? You call it something where they are not like a pitch hitter, pinch hitter? Yeah. Like a a utility, utility player. Utility player. That's what you say. (laughs) Like the person that can be like, plug them in anywhere. Yes. They're just ready to go to do whatever, you know. Yeah. That's very, they make themselves very valuable in that way. Yes. 100%. And I think I've struggled over the last like year, especially I'm like, is it fair that I expect somebody to be good at harvesting, at, um, at weeding, at, you you know, lifting heavy things and wedding work and bouquet making? Like, is that too much to ask? So I've kind of like, I've been trying. So now we're kind of like splitting those roles a little bit so I can try to like even like niche down like one step further about like what people's mm-hmm. natural tendencies to gravitate for and are good at. Um, so yeah. yeah, I don't know. Things we think of in the winter. And it's very different. Yeah. It's things that 
too, like every business structure is different. So, mm-hmm. you know, what we're talking about may not be relevant to everybody's business the way they have it structured. Um, but it, it for us, it kind of does have some to have that person that kind of can bounce between works for works for us anyway. Okay, so you've got your start date for your employee and you know when they're coming. So some things that you need to do as the boss is making sure that you have a standard, like what you a standard expectation for each task that they're going to be doing. So that might that might look like taking a picture of what the final task looks like so that you can show that to them or document what the end result of something looks like. So just an example, um, if you are hiring an employee that that all they do is harvest. So clearly you're going to need a harvest list. You're going to have to have your crap together enough to to know how much needs harvested. Then you will need to make sure that that you truly understand and can communicate the stage of harvest on each flower. It's like, what does that look like? To me, that's where pictures and stuff really come in handy so that when they're going to harvest like and I'm trying to think what's something like, like let's just say a sunflower um, that they truly understand like what the stage of harvest you want because most pe- anybody like a, just a regular person would think that when it's fully open that's when we cut it but in the cut flower world we cut them ours when one petal starts lifting off we're taking it so there's needs to be that clear like you need to make sure that as the boss you understand stage of harvest so that you can communicate it how do you prepare the buckets what standards are you setting that way how full should they be is there any hydrating solution for what flowers all of that stuff needs to be documented. And for me, something, and I learned this kind of from Lindsay too, is like assigning a time for a task. So a lot of times I'd be like, okay, I know that when Judd and I do sunflowers, it takes us X uh, one hour. I'm just using that as an example. So try to give them some type of realistic expectation as far as time. Otherwise, I mean, you could say like, hey, clean up the barn and they could, that could literally take all day <laughs> depending mm-hmm. how detail-oriented they are. So to me, assigning a time is really important. How long should it take um, so that they can time themselves and be time aware? I mean, the, the most frustrating thing for me is when employees are not aware of the time. I'm like, oh my God, why did that take so long? And I think mm-hmm. just knowing how much your expectation is is really important. So trying to get your ducks in a row as far as um, what the expectation is going to be so that they can be successful before they get there. Yeah. And it's um, breaking those tasks down to me is one thing that I had to learn. So for us, we're just like, okay, harvesting. But what you just broke down there was like what to harvest, how to harvest it, storage, you know, snapdragons, they can't be stored on an angle, anemone, they can't, you know, there's all these different things that you have to kind of think through. you know, do you use solution in your buckets? What size bucket? Um, How far to fill the water? Mm -hmm. Like all the things that are up in our head and just piecing, breaking that down to something that's like, you know, and then part of this is having, like you were saying, like standard, you know, standardized areas that tools go, buckets go, where they go when they're done, where, you know, and one of the things that, you know, I've had to establish is defining done. So when I would come home for work, sometimes it would be the fences were not closed or tools weren't put away or stuff was still in the gator or whatever. And so for me, it was like, I, I operate in the way that like when they start the next morning, everything should just be in place. It, it reduces the amount of time. It comes from this lean farming side of my brain that mm-hmm. I obsess with. I needed to define that for them, right? Like what's what does done look like with this task? So when mm-hmm. I come home, I don't want to spend 20 minutes closing gates, turning fence on, 
cleaning up. Like I just, I don't want to do that. And so once those expectations were communicated, it just kind of makes things, you know, a lot clearer, but it's the same with any task that you're giving an employee on the farm, you know, just breaking it down into kind of bite size things. Yeah. And sometimes I still say it and they know how to do it. It's going to feel painful yeah. doing it because you've just like operated out of your head for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really do encourage you like once once you do it, you know, it's just managing it from that point. So it, it's a good winter task. So if you're thinking about what next year looks like and it might include employees, it'd be good for you anyways to just really start thinking through. That way you can have some type of manual like, oh, okay, I need to go harvest forget-me-nots. What does that look like? How many fit in a bucket? Like because, you know, we had a lot of issues, we had issues that we fixed, but it's like what one person's idea of a full bucket is not the same as another person. So like, what does it look like, mm-hmm. you know? So, and then when we got to, we would never have enough flowers. That's because what I thought was a full bucket was not what they were cutting. So mm-hmm. um, I just think pictures, some procedures, and I am very honest with new people. You know, I'm like, hey, like, just so you know, like, we're figuring this out. Like when we first had employees, I'm like, hey, I'm figuring it out right alongside you. So like that communication piece is so important. If something I'm doing is frustrating you or you feel frustrated by a task that I need to know because something there's something amiss there. Um, so I really like encourage them to like really talk to me if they're they are either not understanding or are we're having an issue understanding what needed to be done in that scenario. So yeah. Yeah. And the feedback is important. Like you're saying that knowledge is power yeah. is like, you know, you can't mm-hmm. make a change and maybe there's nothing. It's just gumfrina sucks to mm-hmm. harvest. Like there's not, and just be like, sorry, yeah. you know, we tried, here's yep. a sickle. Let's try this. Um, yeah. So <laughs> um, it's not really the harvesting, it's the cleaning, I think of that, but you yes. know, it's like just the communication, it kind of keeps everybody uh, you know, on the same page. So onboarding, you want to talk about the yes. onboarding process of this? Okay. So I like a checklist. I operate from a checklist mm-hmm. and mine is just, it keeps me, I have it in front of me, my employee's name. So it kind of helps me to know that they're all getting the same things when they come on board. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of it includes, I'll just give you like the the forms in the the tax forms are going to be different for every state, um, but there's an mm-hmm. I-9, which is uh, basically gets um, filed. It's, it's where you ask for their two forms of ID and the social security number. You get all of the, that information and that's reported to, I believe it goes to the state mm-hmm. that we have it with QuickBooks. The nice thing about QuickBooks is you can do an onboarding packet yes. with them and all of those yes. forms get autofilled. So you don't have to do it by hand. Um, W-4 mm-hmm. is where they fill out their tax information, which it changed in 2021, yes. maybe. Or 20- yes. It is a, it is some serious. It's, it's a cookie now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like they just made it a little more complicated. But, and I always say to, if they have questions with filling out the W-4, I can't advise them on that. So they need to, you know, speak to an accountant or like, a financial advisor yeah. or something about where they fall mm-hmm. within that. But I do always say like, check in with your pay stubs, you know, and look to see if the yes. taxes are appropriately coming out. If not, we can definitely make an adjustment on it. So with uh, within our state, so there's a state withholding form, like a city tax form that they have to fill out. So mm-hmm. um, those sort of forms, I just, because that packet is already in QuickBooks, they auto fill it out for me. And so it's like, mm-hmm super easy. And I just go in and like make sure everything is is okay. Uh, you know, that they filled out stuff appropriate. Things are signed. Social security numbers and all those things are in there because it's going to be important at the end of the tax tax year, especially if they 
um, get canned, you know, you're not going to want to like reach out to them again. <laughs> like, canned. well, this is awkward. <laughs> I was good. <laughs> Hello. Me again. <laughs> hey there. You know that soil knife you had? <laughs> you can keep it. Merry Christmas. But can I have your social? Because <laughs> like, you didn't fill it out on the forms. Oh my gosh. Okay. So some of the other forms that we'll dive, we'll dive into these, but some of the other forms that I make sure that get filled out are emergency contact information. That's part of it because, mm-hmm. you know, if something were to happen, um, I always give an offer letter. So when I'm going to offer them a job, it has their job description in it. They sign off on it. It has their hourly wage, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that way we're like all clear. Ohio is an at-will state. So my handbook includes an at-will policy that they have to sign off on mm-hmm. um, that basically just says like, I can fire you for any reason. Ca- uh, California, if you're listening in California, I'm sorry. <laughs> like I don't, I and I only know this because I'm not picking on California, but be, because of the HR side, like every time I would talk to an a, a, a HR attorney on the phone, they'd be like, "And what state are you in?" You know, it's like, oh, okay, and they always give reference to California because like California is just very, uh, it, very employee protected. Um, and then our handbook, I always have them sign, acknowledge, direct deposit forms. Mm-hmm. So those are things that I like check off on my list to make sure that everybody has, and then I just scan it into their employee record. And your payroll service provider can help you with a lot of the standardized forms and stuff too. So another perk of having something like that, like QuickBooks payroll or or insert whatever payroll service, a lot of them do have like these HR advising type um, like modules in them, which is nice. The handbook is incredibly important. and, And there's a lot of things that you need to think about when you're hiring an employee. These were some things that I did not think of, I mean, I was like, oh yeah, okay, I guess we do need to do that or I need to have a stance on what what this looks like on my farm. So just like some examples for you to think through. Some people offer a paid lunch, some people offer an unpaid lunch. On our farm, we do offer a paid lunch. So we try to break at noon and everyone's back to work at 1230. So it's a half hour. So that's something that we do. Lindsay, are you paid or unpaid? Unpaid. Unpaid. Mm-hmm. We let them um, kind of take. Sometimes they break at different times. Like we're not breaking all at the same yes. time, um, and so mm-hmm. it's just. Uh, and I have one girl that I'm like, "Did you eat?" You know, it's so fast she gets back, and it's, yeah. that's all yeah. she needs. And so she, yes, you know, she's going to have a quicker break. And sometimes they need to run an errand if they've communicated with me ahead of time. It, it'll be an hour lunch, you know, if it fits within our schedule mm-hmm. and what we're doing. Um, I have one girl yes. that works for me that um, she walks dogs. And so she'll take a much longer lunch and she'll kind of eat her lunch when she goes and walks dogs and then comes back. So she might be gone mm-hmm. for an hour and 15 minutes, hour and 20, but it works for her position and the way we do it. So there's flexibility, but yeah, we don't we do not do paid. One, one note on paid lunch, and I'm putting this in the handbook this year, um, is that because you are on the clock, you cannot leave the premises. So there's a lot of liability if they're on the clock for you and they're leaving to go um, get lunch or whatever. So in that case, next year, we're going to be asking them to clock out um, if that's going to be the case, just because there is like some liability associated with leaving mm-hmm. the farm if you're in like a paid status for like a lunch type scenario. So, um, okay. Uh, PTO, do you want to offer paid time off? Um, Lindsay and I are a lot alike. We offer 40 hours of 
of PTO in a calendar year. Um, and then after that, everything's unpaid. Mine's for full-time. I do, f- yeah, full-time status only for mine. Yeah. And mine is like, I do 40 hours and like one to six years, six to eight, they get 60, nine years plus is 80 mm-hmm. hours is two weeks. So it's not a ton, um, but it's just, it's something. And I've always looked at it as mm-hmm. like, to me, it's a benefit for them um, in the sense that like, I would be paying them that salary if they were here working um, and mm-hmm. we all need a break. Yes. And so that's kind of a nice, it's a nice perk because I'm not to the size yet that I can offer a 401k. I looked, I looked mm-hmm. into it this year um, and with a financial advisor and was just kind of like, I'm not there yet. I want to be um, yeah. because I feel like yeah. as a solid employer, it's it's something I want to, to be able to contribute and mm-hmm. um, give back to the employees that have been invested with us. But uh, the paid time off is yes. a nice compliment um, mm-hmm. until I get to that point. So yes. Attendance policies. Um, once people run out of PTO, how many like call-offs can they have? Unpaid, unexcused call-offs. What is the policy if they're late? Just trying to figure out what some of those policies are going to be on your farm. Is it like a three strikes rule? Is it a warning and then it's a write-up? Is it, you know, there's lots of different ways that you can take that. Um, But I think having some type of standardized policy and, you know, Lindsay and I were talking about this, you know, even before we got on. But um, what the manual does is it gives you something to reference. It's like, okay, hey, but you signed off that this is the case. And so when it feels hard to bring it up and say something because you're personally invested in that person, the handbook is going to be your backbone in discussing it with them. Like, hey, the policy is X. When there's no policy, it just leaves it up to interpretation, which is where it can get kind of sticky. And then that Mm -hmm. puts you in a situation to say something, but really you've never clearly communicated what the policy is on it. So... And also I'll add to that too, is like having follow through with it is, is important. So if your first incident says oral warning and documentation, and I do recommend the documentation side, um, because that is really what Mm -hmm. kind of protects your hind end a little bit. But if you're not following Mm -hmm. through on your end of that, then you really don't have much leg to stand on. If you're like, oh, this is the third incident and it third means termination, but you haven't done oral or written warning as step one and two, then you're, you're kind of like, okay. Um, yeah. And yeah, it, it just, so that gives them some, that gives them some, uh, you know, feedback for them to be able to go look. Um, and it, it kind of opens you up, I guess, to a little bit of liability if you're not following through on, on mm-hmm. your side of it. Uh, but yeah, it does. It just gives you some structure to be able to go back mm-hmm. and it seems tough or like not necessary. Um, but it really does just offer, protection on your side um, if there is an incident that you need to cut somebody on. So yes. Yeah. Um, and like some other things like they're like, what's appropriate clothing? Like if they're going to be attending a market for you, like what do you deem as appropriate? Um, smoking policies. Do you allow smoking? Do you not allow smoking? What, whatever your policy is going to be on that. Um, we, on our, on our farm, I think yours too lends me no, no smoking. No smoking. Yes, no. Yeah. That, that's all. And then no. we do no cell phone too. I know that's something that yeah. is varied on yes. farms, but I've gotten a little laxed on it this year just because I didn't have anybody that really abused it. Um, but we have mm-hmm. radios that we use. Um, this year of all of the years, we were less consistent with it than we have been um, just because I don't feel like I have any, any issues with it that get you know taken advantage yeah. of. Um, mm-hmm. And we also do in a uniform allowance. 
like, so for our merch and clothes, so I have like a set amount that they can get and then they're allowed to buy stuff at cost for us. Like, so I built that kind of into the, into it as well. Okay. Um, a few additional items that we can talk about. Obviously you're going to need like direct deposit forms and all that. And your payroll service provider can help with all of that. Um, and pay schedules. That's something that we're kind of reformatting for next year a little bit. Um, so that we can use the quick, QuickBooks Time, um, the timekeeper in the QuickBooks app a little bit more efficiently and better. Um, so like what's your pay schedule going to be? People need to know that and it is an important piece of, of what you do, of what we do. So um, just a few other things. And then generally like there's like some basic legal language that you can have in your, in your handbook um, that's just going to cover your butt <laughs> on certain mm-hmm. things. So mm-hmm. it really is just important to have some of, some of that. Something else too, Shannon, is like driving safety mm-hmm. with having the van um, or, you know, our company vehicles. Do you have a, because my policy, yes. you know, I have a whole like written out section that basically says, you know, no cell phones, um, you know, they yes. can be terminated for texting and driving, all of those things. Um, yes. Yes. I have your policy in mind. Okay. Yeah. So I am yeah. I, very clear about that. You know, uh, okay. if they're not on our insurance, they can't be driving. Uh, the a vehicle yeah. because you know it's it's our it's our tail but I'm I'm pretty uh, yeah. uh pretty strict on that with the policy yeah. and we have it there's an age limit with ours because based off of our insurance we actually pay more through our farm oh. insurance to have like a younger age driving because one of my oh. employees isn't like the 25 year age that some of those policies yeah. plan so um there's just you know those are just some things to to look into and kind of uh, think mm-hmm. about when it comes to adding, having employees drive your vehicles. And there's also like yeah. legal implications about having, there's an insurance you can get as an employer if they're going to be driving their own vehicles. That's kind of an extension coverage, yeah. even though they have insurance. Oh, okay. um, but if it has that for us, we, I just pay mileage, you know, I'll pay them out mileage if there's like a scenario that we, we have to go to our market or something like that. It doesn't come up super often, but that's kind of one of the ways that yeah. we kind of keep it covered. So yeah. you're going to love QuickBooks time. The, the I know you use know. it, but I mean like the schedule oh. side because they can put in their paid time off yes. and it auto like deducts it from the you can I just you probably already do that but I add the mileage there for it but I really like it yes it's a very yeah very nice way to yeah we were um this year this year our pay schedules were like the fifteenth and the thirty first so sometimes we were oh. like you know we were writing the hours that we thought we were going to work like at a market on a Saturday or something like that. Because if it falls on the weekend, then it gets paid out on the Friday and then it was causing, then we had to manually input stuff into QuickBooks time and it was a big pain in the butt. Um, So now, now we're readjusting the pay schedules so that we, um, you'll just be paid for the, uh, do you do every two weeks? weeks. Yeah, I do. They get paid on Friday. So I process, this is like a payroll week. So today's Wednesday, I'll Mm -hmm. process payroll. um, And then they get to see like the pay stubs and all that stuff. But yeah. yeah, so it's every every two weeks, and because they're using the app to clock in and out, they can just it auto fills. All I do is go in and I glance over to make sure they clocked out. It actually gives them a clock yes. in, and you can set their schedule, and it'll give them a like notification if they didn't clock out after a shift. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah, yeah, they can even do like a punch out for lunch if they know they're gonna take like they took thirty minutes. They can just punch it mm-hmm. out, and it auto like okay. debits that time. There's a lot of things you can do with it that'll save you a ton of time. So yes. I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I think one additional thing is, especially if you're working a job and you're coming 
and you have an employee working on your farm is that try to figure out how it is that you're going to communicate them. Is it going to be a physical list when they get there? Um, is it going to be Google Sheets? I know Lindsay utilizes Google Sheets a lot when she was working uh, in order to keep people on task to have a list of like what the next thing is. So just think about that. Um, there's really like nothing worse than having your employees texting you all day while you're at work. Trying to, and you're trying to manage from afar. So having some type of game plan and communicating that with them is, is really important. Absolutely. Google Sheets, man. Google everything is like yeah. the – it's such a gem because I could literally pull it up and be like, oh, they did this, this, and this. And you know, you can highlight things yeah. and you literally can see it in real time. You can both be in that document. I just found it so helpful to be able to – they could each have their own tab like in the Excel spreadsheet. It was so simple, just like to-do list. And then if I wanted to give them like a timestamp on how long it should, quote, air quote, should take, mm-hmm. um, then I could like have that in there. They could even take pictures of stuff. So if we were out of, they could like put at the bottom, they would would say like we're out of netting or we need more T-posts, whatever the thing was, um, or like, Mm. you know, uh, they're going to be composting. So I knew I needed to order compost. Um, If there was a disease issue, they would just take a picture and it would be up in there and I could, you know, something I could reference to go back to. So it's, and it's free. It's like an easy communication Mm -hmm. tool. Um, so yeah, I really recommend Google Sheets. We've tried a few other things, but from a to-do list task, just something super simple, that's a really good one to use. The whole team can yeah. use it. So, All right, guys. So um, I hope you guys found like a lot of value. The number one thing to remember is that, hey, you're just figuring it out and it's okay. So um, there's always going to be a potential to have more employees down the road, but really try and figure it out with that first one and work together as a team to make sure that you are developing processes together and they're keeping a line of communication open so that they can feel seen and heard and you can be the boss that they need. Um, That's just so important. So, um, okay. Um, thank you so much. I know we really do say it each week, but we appreciate you guys listening in. It is such an honor that you guys are commenting and saying, I can't wait for Fridays. That means, that just means a lot. Um, it's just so fun to do it. And now it's, and now it's kind of fun because we're in our, I'm air quoting off season, but Mm -hmm. Lindsay and I get to go into planning mode about what this podcast looks like for the future. And we're really excited. So if you do have some feedback, DM us over on Instagram at Dirt on Flowers. We really do love to hear what you guys have to say. Share us with your farming friends. Um, it really is such a big compliment when you guys do that. Thanks again. I hope you have such a wonderful week. We will see you at the same time, same place next week. 